0: Welcome to the Community Fellowship Podcast, your way to stay connected with biblically-themed messages, discussions, and interviews from Community Fellowship in East Bernard, Texas. Learn more about our church at the cfeb.church website, check us out on social media at CF East Bernard, or attend an in-person service at 635 Main Street in East Bernard. We are a local church that works to make the love of Christ for all humanity known to our community and the world, thanks for tuning in and enjoy this week's content.
1: Anybody really know what time it is? I do. It's ten twenty-five. I get to look at it all morning long. So when I go overtime, uh, y'all can't blame me for not knowing what time it is. Does anybody really care what time it is? First off, I, I hate to just jump into the sermon after what we just experienced this morning. I, I, part of me wanted to t- tell Timothy, hey, we're gonna just, I'm going to go up there and do a closing prayer, and, and that's it. We're done for the day. Woo, that was powerful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> vocalists and instrumentalists, and, oh, gosh, that was, that was wonderful, wonderful. Back to Time. I want you to think of the year that you were born. Okay, Daryl, what year were you born? <laughs> That's 19, right? 1954. <laughs> <laughs> Not 18. Okay. <laughs> 1954, but yes, the rest of that is A.D., Anos Domini, which is Latin for the year of our Lord. So when you think of your birth year, think of it in those terms. When you see any year, think of it as, my golly, we mark time from when Jesus walked this earth. That's a big Deal. even unbelievers, and which is why we have c e and b c e now, because unbelievers have kind of waken up to what b c and a d stand for b c meaning before christ and a d meaning the year of our Lord, so there is of course this effort to uh secularize uh years and the way that we mark time. We've actually marked time in that way since 325 A.D. You say, well how do you know that if we didn't start until 325 A.D. Well 325 A.D. was the first council of Nicaea. It's when the church leaders got together in Nicaea and they started making some decisions. And one of the things they decided was, hey, we're gonna we're gonna start marking time from Jesus' death. And they approximated They did their best in determining when, not from Jesus' death, but from Jesus' birth, they approximated when that would be and decided, okay, we're right now in in the year 325 A.D. Well, folks today have done, I'm going to say they've done a more complete job of that, and they missed it by a few years, believe it or not. Uh, So we're off by anywhere from 6 to four four to six years. Uh, Folks who have studied this, they take the events that surrounded Jesus' birth and they go and compare those events to things like when did Herod Antipas die and, and, and they have determined that, yeah, we were off by anywhere from four to six years. So Jesus was born somewhere between 6 B.C. and 4 B.C., That's just details. Nevertheless, it doesn't lessen the fact that we mark time from the point at which Jesus walked this earth. It's really important. Remember that as we get into our text for today. Let's go to Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. This is our second in a series of no-telling-how-many sermons on the Gospel of Mark. We're going to walk our way through Mark. Mark, more than any of the other Gospels, is all about showing us who Jesus is. More than what he taught, he's showing us who he is. Let's Let's read through the passage this morning. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to be fishers of people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So, we're going to refresh a little bit before we pick up and go through that verse in a little more detail. Those verses in a little more detail. So if Mark is showing us who Jesus is, what has he already shown us? He's shown us, first, by his very first sentence in the, in, in the gospel, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. The Heavenly Father splits the heavens open at his baptism and he sends the Holy Spirit down in some sort of a physical manifestation that apparently folks who were present could see. Uh, Mark and, and one of the other gospel writers describe it as being like a dove descending upon him. And then he speaks from heaven through this opened, broken open spot in heaven and proclaims that he is pleased with Jesus plead with his son. Point number one in today's lesson, in terms of who is Jesus, Jesus is the good news. Jesus did not just come to bring the good news. Jesus is the good news. So look at verse 14 again. After John was put in prison, prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. The time has come. Remember how I opened with regard to time. Time being marked from Jesus' coming. That time has come. That's what Jesus is saying. The time to start marking time from, has come. Why? The kingdom of God has come near. How has the kingdom of God come near? Well, Jesus brought the kingdom of God. Jesus, the representation of the kingdom of God, and God himself came down in human form. So, yes, the kingdom of God is near. It's near because Jesus is here. And he says, as a result of that, repent and believe the good news. Well, the good news, okay. Here again, believe the good news. Well, what's the good news? Okay, Mark like we've talked before, he's really short on words, all right? And, he, and again, once again, he's not so much about telling us what Jesus actually said and what he taught. So I thought, okay, is he just truncating something here? He's not telling us what those good the good news is. And then, guess what? If you go back to verse 1, you realize he's already told us Jesus is the good news. So essentially, Jesus here is saying... Repent and believe in me, right? I mean, that's the basis of conversion, isn't it? Repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Believe and know that he is the good news. John goes to prison. Jesus goes to preaching. John goes to prison because he's talking about Jesus who is to come. Jesus ignores the political tea leaves. He's not seeking to be politically correct. He goes against the grain and he starts preaching. He starts doing exactly what John had said he would come, said he would do, He would come and, and be and preach the good news. Start a new human era. End one and start another. The time has come. I am here. That's what he has to say. It's as if up until this point in time, there's this giant hourglass of sand trickling down and marking time until Jesus came. Because that's precisely what was happening. This was not a random point in history. This was planned from the beginning of time. So that last little grain of sand drops. And Jesus is there to proclaim. This is the dividing point. We've marked time to now. Now we're going to mark time from this point on. And it's because I am here. I am bringing God to you in a way that you can understand in a way that you can embrace in a way that both you and God can embrace one another and of course we know because at the end of his life how he's able to do that, why he's able to do that and it's because he died in our stead, in our place he paid the penalty for our our sin to bring us near To God. Let's look again at the definition of good news or gospel. Remember, I mentioned this last week an announcement that heralds great benefit for the hearers. Jesus is the good news, his coming heralds great benefit for us as partakers in that good news. Point number two. Jesus calls ordinary people like you and me to bear the good news with him, to bring the good news to the world with him. Look at the rest of today's verses there. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, first of all, we hear him proclaiming this mighty transformation, change in the point of time, and then we we see him just it seems like just casually strolling along the banks of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, Mark's not really good on transitions; he just like runs all these really fantastic events together. And here, Jesus is strolling along the Sea of Galilee. Now, what Mark doesn't report to you, and you find in the other Gospels, these guys were not strangers to Jesus. In fact, that morning, Jesus had been on their boat. He was preaching from their boat a little ways out because there were so many folks who had gathered to hear him that he went to James and John And uh, I'm sorry, Simon and Andrew and asked them to let him use their boat. And he got in their boat and he preached from their boat. So this is not a blind occurrence. Hey, you guys, I don't you don't know me, but come follow me. No, they'd already been exposed to him. And so uh, they'd gone already returned to their business, though, following hearing their his teaching. But they responded when he called, come follow me. He had a job for them, and he put it in terms they would understand. I'm going to make you fishers of people. Uh, That was something they would understand. For me, he might say, hey, I'm going to make you a good producer of You know, farm, you know, agricultural terms, producer. You're going to be the fertilizer that helps folks grow. You know, what would he say to you? Because he's saying something to you. He is. He's calling you too. This was... How do I say this? You know, these folks that Jesus was calling if he came up with a job description for what he's calling them to do, it would go something like, you're going to transform the entire world with your message about me, Jesus. And oh, by the way, you're going to die doing it. Now, granted, they didn't know that from the start, that part. And they didn't know any of that from the start. They blindly followed Jesus because what they'd seen the light in him already. I hope and pray that you've seen the light in him, the truth of his being the good news, because he's calling you as well. He's not looking for extraordinary people. He's looking for ordinary people. And with ordinary people, he will help you grow extraordinary faith that empowers you to do extraordinary things. Jesus is not the guy that a big corporation would hire as their HR department head, their head hunter, right? He just really didn't know what he was doing, did he? I mean, he, if you if you really were going to look for people to change the world, you'd look for, you'd look in, you know, the most educated folks. The uh, You'd Especially with regard to religion, you'd probably go to the Sanhedrin, the the priests, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, those folks who'd been studying it all their lives. But no, he went to the fishermen, he went to tax collector, businessmen, ordinary people. Now I want you to think with me for a minute about the people in your life who have spoken the good news of Jesus into your life, or not just spoken, it lived it before you in such a way that it has impacted you. I, I, I took some time to think through who those people were in my life. And they were very ordinary people, but they were ordinary people who had extraordinary faith And lived it in extraordinary ways. I think in particular of a lady. I'll give you her first name. It was Faye. Faye was my high school Sunday school teacher. She didn't teach from a lesson book. (laughs) I'm not saying that's wrong, okay? But she loved her Bible, and it showed She was able to transfer to me a love of Scripture by the way she taught, by her faithfulness in teaching and living that Scripture. I love her to this day. She set me out on this journey that I'm still on. I I don't want to, okay, my parents set me out. But she kicked me in the rear, okay? Let me put it that way. Got me, got me headed down. Uh, and then there was a man by the name of David. He's a doctor, an internist, who set example after example after example for me of living a life of service, unselfish service in everything he did. I took up leading community bible study as a result of his example. Then there was there was a lady by the name of Irene in my original home church. She volunteered in the nursery. I don't remember the exact number of years, but it's somewhere between 40 and 50 years. She was faithfully there to proclaim the good news of the Bible to young children who were barely old enough to understand it. But she was making an impact, and she did it with such a sweet, loving way. Then there's a man whose first name I don't know because I respected him and he was considerably my elder. I just knew him as Mr. Kosurik. Mark, what was Mr. Kosurik's first name? Do you remember? Mr. Kosurik was the man at the Methodist church in town where if the commode wasn't working or the, the lights were burned out or something about the electrical, you'd call Mr. Kosurik And he would come up there when nobody knew he was there, and he would quietly fix it. That was his service. And it spoke. It spoke loudly to me. It's ordinary people doing extraordinary things out of their extraordinary faith that take the good news to the hurting world in which we live. Point number three, God, Jesus equips those whom he calls. Jesus equips those whom he calls. While this point doesn't come directly from our gospel lesson today, the gospels are chock full of Jesus equipping, particularly the 12. The ordinary men he called were immediately immersed in the extraordinary as they traveled with him, took in his authoritative teaching, saw his miraculous healing, his command of the demons, but perhaps even more than the miraculous in terms of how and what they got from him i suspect it was in the everyday things that they learned the most from jesus imagine they're they're traveling dusty road after dusty road they're you know they're uh, they're sleeping out under the stars at, at times they're they're eating f- wheat that they hand thrash as they walk along the way. It's living life together, and in living, can you imagine what it would be like to live life alongside of Jesus? You would observe him in his devotion to his heavenly father. you would observe him finding the time, making the time, even when there are crowds seeking his attention, to go aside and communicate and listen and seek his heavenly Father's direction. I suspect that that he was bathed in that in such a way that if you were living with him, that might have been the absolute most transformative thing about being his disciple. Subserving his reliance upon his heavenly father, his devotion to his heavenly father, his commitment to live as his heavenly father called him to live. Folks, you are called, and since he equips the called, he's also calling you to spend that same kind of quality time with him. We are so busy. We are so busy. But the absolute most important thing we can do with those precious seconds and minutes and hours that we have is spend them with him allowing him to do the same thing he did with those first 12 ordinary men that he called he wants us to walk with him talk with him live every day with him he wants us to be devoted to the Heavenly Father just as he was he wants us to be the good news just as he was The three points from today, Jesus is the good news. Second point, Jesus calls ordinary people like you and I to be and share the good news with him being that good news. Third point, he wants you to live life with him so that he can continuously prepare you to share that good news just like he did those original twelve it's time for those dry bones to stop rattling and to come to life Amen? amen let's pray most heavenly father We thank you for that point in history that every date that's written down reminds us of. That point when you sent your son, Jesus, to bring yourself to us. Father, we revel in that. We thank you for that. Help us to to be indwelt by that life-changing event in such a way that we become the good news, sharing the good news that those dry bones are no longer rattling. They live, and they live in us, in Jesus' name.
0: If you have questions about this week's message, or would like to start a conversation with someone about what it means to walk with Christ, please email pastor at cfeb.church. You can find earlier episodes of our podcast on our website at cfeb.church, where you can also give online to help support community fellowship in our mission to reflect and share Christ's love. We can also be found on many major distribution platforms like Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe to stay connected. Thank you again for listening. Now go out and love one another like Jesus did.